And let's just dedicate this time to the Lord. Father God, I thank you that the kingdom is on your heart. I thank you, Lord, that we are part of that kingdom as we have chosen you as our Lord and Savior. So Father God, as we get into this topic of a kingdom at war, Father, I pray that it comes with the understanding that we are on the victorious side. That, Father God, that even though the, the word war sounds hard, it brings with it the connotation of hardship. That, Father, we understand that we're in this battle with peace on every side. Your peace, Lord. So I pray that the love of the Father would come so strong through this message today and that we would get the heart of the Father on this topic. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So for the sake of time, I am going to give you a little bit of a fast version of today's message. I've always uh, tried to over-prepare because there's nothing worse than getting into five minutes and going, okay, let's close in prayer. So I have somewhat over-prepared for the time that we have, and I just pray that your hearts will be receptive, that the Holy Spirit will minister to you as we get stuck straight away into this topic. We will get to this scripture a little later, but if you want to put your finger in there so long, 2 Timothy 2, and we will read from verse 3, but that's for later in the message. The rest of the scriptures, I will just quote them to you as we go along. So it was in about November last year, I was sitting in the congregation, and it's interesting, I, I totally rejoice when God speaks with one voice. I had no clue about the theme of kingdom. I had no understanding or knowledge. John did not talk to me in advance. And so when this message was popped in my heart last year already, and John started preaching on it this year, I'm sure you'll appreciate I started jumping out of my skin. So... The bottom line is I was sitting here in November at around the time when the Paris terrorist attacks took place. And I started getting so frustrated and angry. It, it, it was like a, it was a horrible feeling as I was sitting there. It was during a time of praise and worship. And I wish I could tell you that it was a sense of righteous indignation and anger from on high that was driving me to war against the enemy in the spirit realm, but it wasn't. It was just I was frustrated. And I'd had, over, had enough of everything that's going on. The, the terrorist attacks in the world, the attacks on the church, the personal testimonies of people's lives that have been affected just by struggles and hardships. And so, I don't know about you, but generally, my walk with the Lord starts with a question. At least my dialogue starts with a question. Is there anybody else out there who is like that? Okay, there's a few. All right. So pray for me, because clearly, everybody else is like right up there with God at the moment. So I generally start with a question, and it drove me to ask the following. So what now, Lord? It, it came out of pure frustration. What is the reason for all that is going on? Why now? What is required of me at this time? And what role should the church be fulfilling at this time? And you know, Scripture is full of answers regarding this topic. 
As a matter of fact, when it comes to warfare, matters of war, the Bible can be quite overwhelming with information. I found of late that there's been a lot of books being released. Just walk into your local Kum bookstore to see the amount of books that have been released about warfare and kingdom warfare and spiritual warfare. One such book which was released over December is by Rick Joyner, Army of the Dawn. And I would encourage you that if you want to get into the meat of spiritual warfare, specifically as it relates to the times we find ourselves in, then this is a good book to read. It's got a lot of prophetic insight. So five brief points on kingdom warfare, and I share with them with you in advance so that you know where we're going and that uh, you can track along with me. So the first thing is we need to acknowledge that the kingdom of heaven is at war. We need to define who the enemy is, who the real enemy is. We need to define victory. We need to understand our role in this war. And we need to understand this war's place in spiritual renewal in terms of revival. Something we are so thirsty for and talk about so often. So, point number one, we need to acknowledge that the kingdom of heaven is at war. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 4 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. You know, Matthew eleven twelve says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The context of that scripture is very special because it is talking about those who want to enter the kingdom of God, but their motive is completely wrong. But it's all about the fact that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. So what do we know? We know that this is not a new war. We know that this war tends to come in ebbs and flows. You know, there's, matter, there's just times where everything seems fine, like there's nothing going on. And then there are other times, I believe, like the moment, where it just seems like it's just coming at us from every angle. One of the questions I asked God was, where has that sense of militancy in the church disappeared to? Can any of you remember when last you heard a song or even sang a song like, Onward Christian Soldier. Does anybody know that song? Can I see? Well, there we go. At least we know about it. You know, I laughed because I said to John, listen, won't you sing this song for me, you know, on Sunday? And he said, no, that song was old and antiquated. I don't even know how to lead that song, so I'm not even going there. But you know, the, the, the author of that song understood warfare. He understood warfare from the Christian perspective. Just listen to some of these words. Marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before, Christ the royal master leads against the foe. Forward into battle, see his banners go. At the sign of triumph, Satan's host do flee. On then, Christian soldiers, on to victory. Hell's foundations quiver at the shout of praise. Brothers, lift your voices, loud your anthems raise. Church, doesn't that just stir you for battle? Well, it should. 
Like a mighty army moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we. One in hope and doctrine, one in charity. Onward then, you people, join our happy throng. Blend with ours your voices in the triumph song. Glory, Lord, and honor unto Christ the King. This through countless ages, men and angels sing. Wow. Doesn't that just stir your heart for battle? Well, I believe God is preparing us for such a time. You know, so I was wondering, why has this sense of militancy become somewhat silent within the church? And you know what? I just, a couple of things I throw about to you. You know, the church has been attacked from absolutely every angle and from every side. You know, I saw a billboard yesterday on, on the street saying half of South African churches are dodgy. Well, maybe they are. The point is, this is still the church of Christ. And this is the church that I love. And this is the church where I fellowship. And this is still God's plan. And it shall stand no matter what. Amen. I'm telling you, it shall stand. Maybe it is because the last real outpouring of the Holy Spirit was about 20 or 30 years ago. And we are still living off the fruit of that move. Just maybe, I put it out there. But I believe that there's a stirring for battle. And God is sounding the trumpet. And His people are coming together. And people are starting to understand that the world, this earthly realm, has not got the answers. And God will use the church to stand to reflect the manifest power of God by His Holy Spirit, so that no man will question that God is the answer. And we pray that they come to salvation in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, church, what I came to realize is that we're all called to battle. It doesn't matter if you're man, woman, strong or weak, able or unable, God has equipped you by His Holy Spirit to be able to be a soldier in His army. We are called to endure hardship. However, the fear of hardship here on earth should easily be outweighed by the revelation of our authority in Jesus. We need to remember that we are in this world, but we are not of it. We are seated in heavenly places through the blood of the Lamb. We need a clear, with no compromise, revelation that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us today. Amen. Get a revelation of that. Because hardship is not something to be feared as a born-again believer. Point number two, we need to define who is the enemy. Well, the enemy is very well defined in the Bible. But let me tell you who the enemy is not. The enemy is not ISIS. The enemy is not Muslims. The enemy is not any person of any other faith. They are not the enemy. It's not your fellow brother or sister. It, it's not black or white. We need to realize that. And for good measure, if Pastor Roy Bossinger was here, it's not your in-laws either. <laughs> So, 
Why do I make this explanation this way? Because I believe it's a strategy of the enemy to get us so accosted, affronted with the cares of this world and the things that are happening in front of us that we don't realize who the real enemy is or where the real war is taking place. You see, the way I explained it to you is a lot like the way I felt on that November day when I was getting all frustrated. You know, it's an earthly perspective to try and attack or do something about that which is right in front of you. But the Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 13, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age. So church, I want to remind us, I want us to realize that this battle is not what we see going on around us. And for the sake of illustration, we need to not take our eye off the ball. And we need to play the man. And that is the devil and his plans. Our battle is not in this realm. It is in the, earthly, uh, in the heavenly realm. In the, yeah, in the heavenly realm. So, we need to understand who the real enemy is. We need to understand that the real battle is not what we see here. And you know, our kingdom influence in this battle is in the spiritual realm. And the impact of which we can see in the earthly realm. Who would agree that we see so much going on around us that it would almost see, seem like the enemy is victorious at the moment? Well, I'm telling you, he is not victorious. Because there is a battle being waged in the spirit realm, and you and I are a part of it, and our victory is assured. In 2 Timothy 2 verse 4, it says, No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him. Who enlisted him as a soldier. Don't let the affairs of this life distract you. So we need to define victory. Again, the Bible is pretty clear in its definition of victory. But let's look at scripture again. I asked you to put your finger into 2 Timothy 2. And we're going to read the, the text is from verse 3 to 10. But I'm going to pick it up in verse 7. Consider, this is Paul writing to Timothy, consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffered trouble as an evildoer even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Church, verse 10. Here is our victory. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That is why we suffer hardship. You see, Matthew Henry commentary says, next to the salvation of our own souls, we should be willing to do and suffer anything to promote the salvation of the souls of others. 
Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Great Commission just confirms that. It's a popular scripture. We all know it. Acts 1, verse 7 to 8, it's interesting that the Bible says it is not important for us to so much understand the times and the seasons because that is in the Father's authority. However, the reason for this is so that we can focus on being what? Witnesses. Witnesses as the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. You see, God's heart is for the lost and He wants to use us. In the book I was reading by Rick Joyner, he gives a nice comparison between armies of the world and the army of God. And I think it just illustrates the heartbeat of God as far as His army is concerned. So let's have a look at it. It will be composed of people. This is now how God's army will be like a human army. It will be composed of people mobilized and trained for the purpose of defeating an enemy. Its soldiers will be trained to specialize in the use of different weapons. It will have military discipline and focus. It will have clear objective strategies and tactics. Like every army, there will be two basic parts, those who engage the enemy and those devoted to the support and supply of those on the front line. And here is the difference of God's army. It will fight to give life, not take it. It will fight to free people, not conquer them. Its victory is not in the destruction of those controlled by the enemy. It's not the people. But rather the tearing down of strongholds that are keeping them in bondage so as to set them free. Its weapons are not carnal, they are spiritual. The battles, objectives, strategies, and tactics will be spiritual, not physical. So, what is our role in this war? Well, first of all, every member has direct access to the commander-in-chief, a term we hear so often in South Africa. Isn't that special? The, the chain of communication is direct. As a born-again believer, you have direct access to the commander-in-chief. Isn't that? It's just wonderful. So your role is to enlist and obey his command. And the first step to this, as I'm sure many people here will recognize, is basic training. But it's not basic training the way you knew it. So there needs to be a serious emphasis on the basics of our faith. Our fortress and truth is a person. Our position in Him is as impregnable as our devotion to Him. To be strong in His truth begins with knowing His truth. We must be fortified in His word. To quote Rick Joyner from that book. Church, let us continue to stir up our love and our thirst for the word of God. Because it is the sure foundation that we can stand on through Christ Jesus. God has given us his word so that we don't need to walk around in the darkness, but that we can walk in his almighty light. The second is weapons training. Our weapons are not carnal, but spiritual. They are listed for us in Ephesians 6, verse 14 to 17. The training and application of our weaponry starts with our desire for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Corinthians 14, 1. The Holy Spirit will distribute those gifts 
those weapons individually as he wills. So our specific role in this battle is ultimately determined by him. And he will tell you. And you have direct access to him. But sir, ma'am, are you ready to answer that call? Are you ready? Are you ready to enlist? Are you ready to go through the training? Are you ready to come out of retirement, so to speak, if you are just going through the motions and enlist in this army which belongs to God? You see, we need to understand this war's place in spiritual renewal, revival. Last time I had the opportunity to share with you, it was on the topic of prepared and one of the th- uh, prepared for revival. And one of the things we learned was that the, the world was generally in a dismal state. There was social issues, war, economic problems every single time, and sometimes a combination of them all, when the Holy Spirit started to move on His people. And I would like to put before you today that the world is currently in that same state. And that the world is in a place where it's running out of the answers. And you see, I believe that is when God intervenes so that mankind can only give Him the glory for the work that is done. But church, He is going to use us. He has called each and every one of us into this battle. And during this time, many will come to the saving grace of the work of Jesus Christ. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready to accept them. Their lives being saved is our victory in this battle. So how does this all link up? Well, I would like to put it to you as follows. The world system is collapsing. They are running out of answers. God is sounding the trumpet and he is calling together his body in unity. There is a call for battle at this time to take the kingdom forward. You know, just think about the restoration to God in your own heart that's taken place. How God has restored you to relationship with Him and brought you close to Him. I think about how churches are starting to come together in unity. In unity in what they sing, unity in what they teach, unity because the hearts of the leaders are being connected. Even in the city, churches are coming together in unity. You see, I believe it is at that time we will start to wage war in the spiritual realm as a unified force under His command. The outflow of which we will see with our own eyes here in this earthly realm. His manifest power made known to all mankind. And sir, ma'am, I believe that will be revival. I believe that will be advancing the kingdom of heaven. And I believe that that is kingdom influence. Amen. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you that we could delve into this topic today, Lord. I thank you that your church is ready to hear the call. Lord, I want to pray on behalf of this congregation and say, Lord, we are answering the call today. Lord, we understand where you are going, and we're going along with you. So, Father God, I just pray your blessing on your people right now. I pray that the answer to the call will be front of their mind right now as they go into this week and spend time with you. Show them where their place is in this battle. Show them, Lord, that there is no reason to fear hardship or persecution. 
because they are anointed with the power of God by the Holy Spirit. So Father, I bless your people today. May they go now in your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church.